It adds a whole new element to eating the body of Christ, if you think about it. It's October 11, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 164, and snacking with German food. I'm Abel Kirby. And worshipping a real fun guy, I'm Cold Acid. A fun, fun guy I am. There's no fun guy in my food. I didn't say I'm worshipping you. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I, I kind of thought that's what you meant. No, sorry. Sorry. Uh, that wasn't what I meant. Was was that a Joritos? Joritos! It was indeed. Right at the top of the show, we celebrate the Joritos. Yeah, Mexican. guava today. Guava flavored. I've just got a cup of coffee. I am uh, out in a hotel. I'm drinking hotel coffee uh, on the road, yeah. if you couldn't tell from the sound. And I got a situation. I actually forgot to pack the Roadcaster uh, power supply. Wow! But it turns out... It and I also, take it, it doesn't do USB. No, it, it does USB, but not power. You need a little more juice than that. So my laptop power supply doesn't really fit it, the um, the connector, but what you can do is kind of jam it on so there's a center conductor. You know, jam it in there. Yeah. Just like that. And uh, Yeah, just, just, just jam it in. And then I can prop this up at just the right angle, and it holds the shield contact on, and I can actually turn it on. So I've got... I'm really hanging by a thread here, guys. The um, other thing is the laptop battery. Uh, it, it'll run down slower than I thought. Uh, I'm not doing video. I'm doing audio. So I think that'll be fine. But at any moment, if I bump the desk, this whole thing, this whole ship could sink. So I'm warning you. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, I'm in a different time zone, man. I got I to gotta get ready for a, a dinner coming up very soon. So uh, this is my little chance to sneak away and do a show with you. And I, I wanted to... Make sure I got this done because I really screwed up last week. I didn't get to do a show. Yeah, I know. Uh, I did get to get a rant out, though, all the same. Yeah, how was that? That was your Canadian podcasting rant? Yeah. Did you not Did you not hear it? I, I sent it in the back channel, a recording of it to you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I haven't accessed the back channel. Ah, okay. I really haven't. Well, I hope that when you do get to listen to it, you enjoy it. I really have, haven't done much but sleep and uh, uh, every once in a while, go outside, <laughs> get some fresh air. I haven't had a chance to do anything else in like the past eight days, so it's been really Fuck. crazy. But I am that is that is insane, dude. I I am concerned about this podcasting law. My my understanding is that we could fall um, under this because of uh, the you know the podcast is half Canadian, and so yeah. And so what I I think I need to do something to protect myself. So have you heard of? Um, the uh, wallet switching technology? No. That's being employed. What wallet for, switching? Well, for streaming sats, right? So we have uh, people streaming sats uh, to us. Uh, sometimes we get boostograms. And uh, there's a whole split kit system um, that they're, they're using with uh, music podcasts. And said, you know what we can do on Rare Encounter? Just to protect myself, my own interest. You know, I, I don't want to get involved with any Canadian things. So I, I, I'm, I have it set up so that Whenever I'm talking, I have the, um, the, the sats go to me, and then whenever you talk, we do a split kit. And I think, uh, I haven't set this up yet, but that's what I want to do. So that every time I talk, I, I'm the only one getting sats. That keeps kind of, it keeps things separated. What do you think of that? I don't think that's, I don't think that's really necessary. Well, and hold it on, I really have to switch anything with our show anyways. 
the the issue comes down to comes down to like if you want to be considered CanCon and so therefore not get like avoided by any of the services that have to register with the government, you essentially have to register your own podcast with the government. So they go, yes, this is Canadian content and therefore Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whoever the fuck can can stream it to people without falling afoul of our ass retarded laws up here but what about for uh, now oh i thought there was a content um portion to this illegal it, yeah in there, the, yeah it's the it's the can con rules not that they're really well established right now for podcasts there's like different rules for like music versus tv shows or movies what's considered can con and what isn't and so that's not really that's not really well defined yet the the scary thing is is the whole thing where where if a company is hosting podcasts, right? Then they need to re- and they're making so much, uh, not even not even income, but just revenue. So like you're, if you're getting gross receipts of ten million dollars Canadian or more, then you have to register with Ottawa about all the podcasts you have. Right, and, and the way it's defined too, like it could it could possibly cover like your regular web hosting companies like DreamHost or OVH, right? Mm. It's not it's not really it's like they're saying, yeah, if you're one of these companies that does like this streaming, then you have to register. But things are actually defined loosely enough that any any company providing any sort of hosting technology for podcasts anywhere in the world may have to register with Ottawa and may have to list off all the podcasts that they have and whether or not any of the people in them are Canadian with proof which would be which would be a way of going like you know if a podcast is saying something the government doesn't like, well, now they know whose door to go knock on, right? Right, right. And what I would say if they knocked on my door is my podcast died in a uh, tragic boating accident. Yeah, yeah. I, my my uh, my podcast fell off the boat into the lake. <laughs> it's It's been lost. Actually, someone broke into my truck and stole my podcast. You didn't hear about it. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal, I, you know, so I didn't report it. But, yeah, that's what happened. Oh well. Anyway, you'll 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 enjoy my rant. It was very ranty. <laughs> I've been trying to follow the news. There's so much stuff that I that I I want to. I'm trying to avoid the news. Fuck the news. I, uh, there is one thing that I want to bring up from the media news yes. tonight, which is which is pretty cool. But the world news, fuck that. I'm trying to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah, let's. Uh, but let's here here's you you know the whole. You, like the whole Hollywood strike thing. Apparently, apparently this might be a good thing for those of us who hate the wokeification of everything. The new the new Writers Guild deal uh, has the somebody looked through like how the economics of it are probably going to work, and it's it means there's probably going to be a reduction in woke writers in the writing rooms and fewer diversity hires of course there's still going to be shows and studios that put uh, put the nonsense before providing good content but those who 
don't have more money than they know what to do with are going to be trimming things down. We're going to be going back to like how it was before the 2010s where you actually had to put together a pilot and get that greenlit before a show would actually happen. One of the things is, one of the things is, is compulsive, uh, compulsory hiring, right? So like you hire a writer for, for a TV show, you're no long, it's no longer like a short term, there is a minimum 10 weeks now that you have to be paying them for, no matter how much or little work they do. Mm. And so that's going to raise the cost of the writing room. Another thing is, showrunners now have to be card-carrying WGA union members. And that's going to raise costs too. So now you're going to see, now you're going to see the production companies less likely to just go, hey, you got an idea for a show, here you here's some money, run with it. Let's scrape the bottom of the barrel and get a showrunner. You busy right now? You want to run a show? Yeah. Meanwhile, Marvel is the first to uh, is the first to start going through this pro process. Apparently, uh, they are revamping their entire TV division. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't followed uh, other than. I get a little satisfaction out of the writer's strike because I just, uh, the, the material that's been coming out of Hollywood has been so bad with a few exceptions. And I think they're Top Gun and Barbie. <laughs> or, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, the Blackberry movie. I don't know if that really came out of Hollywood though. Um, yeah. So as I, as I see it, this strike has been, has been a disaster for Hollywood and the so-called creatives. And by being so, has been great for the rest of us because it means less of this propagandist bullshit, less of this commercial pablum, you know? It yeah. I saw it in the hotel because uh, there's, I turned on the TV and it's the first time I've watched actual television in a long time, you know, like flipping channels. Um, maybe since like the beginning of the year, it's been, it's been a ridiculously long time. And I put it on, um, they had some late night shows on, uh, I can't remember. It's the ABC one with Jimmy Kimmel. I can't remember the proper name for it. And it was like a six month old rerun. There was nothing relevant on it. He's telling this, these lame, lame, um, jokes about an election, which is long over, you know, it's totally irrelevant crap. And I was watching you say, I don't think I could ever miss this. Conan, I, I remember when he left, I missed him for a little while. But, you know, everything else since that, it's just been uh, so unremarkable. Also, Jimmy Conan Kimmel... Conan was a fucking wonder, man. Also, Jimmy he Kimmel... Was a, he was one of the seven wonders of the media world. You know that he was he was part of the Simpsons writing room for, for several years? Oh, yeah, I know that. Yep some of the better yeah, stuff. Yeah, those were good years for the show, too. Did he do uh, the monorail song and all that? <laughs> he might have. I believe he was uh, part of that endeavor. He was definitely there in the golden years of The Simpsons. So, oh, Conan's, uh, he has a podcast now. I've caught it once or twice. Um, interesting show. He, I didn't like him uh, for a little while. I got turned off by some of the stuff on his podcast. It seemed like he was being... Uh, I don't know. There's something wrong with it, but it seems like it's settled out. It was a co cozy show when I saw him uh, recently. Is just clicking through, watching random videos. Uh, I wanted to mention Jimmy Kimmel had Ozempic face back before it was cool. <laughs> just, just doing the little reflection here. 
I didn't know back back then. I don't know if we knew what that was, but uh, this material so old, and you look at it. Oh yeah, that's what he looks like. Let's see. Um, I went through the uh, Holy Land briefly. I'm gonna return to it. Idaho. Uh, Idaho. Yeah. Potatoes. Uh, land of potatoes. Oh, oh, that Holy that Land. Holy Land. <laughs> oh, you were in Idaho. I I was. Um, it's peeling back the curtain a little bit and, uh, so some potato harvesting equipment out in the wild. It was pretty nice. fantastic. Um, did you get photos? I think I do have some photos. I have to go back through. There are thousands. There must be maybe not thousands, but hundreds of photos that have to be sifted through that haven't been done yet. I mean, I've got a stack of receipts too. I get, I'm, I'm on work travel, so Everything gets expensed. I, I don't care. I don't care about your receipts. But you know, I, ju- I just want. I just want your. I just want your potato porn. It's gonna get done after the receipts. Okay, it's gonna be okay. Alive. That's that's the point of me telling you. Oh man. But yeah, I got. I gotta say, yeah. Uh, all that. All those. Uh, all those photos you took in Idaho. I'm sure they're very appealing. <laughs> I think they're pretty good. Um, I'm trying to come up with that. I don't want to say too much about what I'm doing out here. Um, for, uh, I, I think it'd be boring, but the, um, other stuff in the, in the, the tech radar, there's some AI crap going on. I saw an article. Um, I, I don't think it's worth going into the article, but I think it was the headline, uh, kind of captures it. And it was about 4chan using AI to make racist photos. And I, and it was, it was described as like a flood uh, I saw that headline go across. I was like, yep, sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, like, what do you expect? It's 4chan. Yeah. It doesn't sound like news to me. But it was the, um, I think it's Ars Technica. Here we go. 4chan users manipulate AI tools to unleash a torrent of racist images. AI tools are quote unquote supercharging. Oh, Lord. It's, um, I think, mainly the Bing um, engine. The, the Microsoft put out their... Um, image synthesis um system and there's a few things that are that are interesting about it one is that it seems to be making more consistent like palatable things it's long are gone are the days where what was that weirdo monster that kept coming up when we were playing with this stuff we named an episode after it It was like krug or clormon or something like yeah i i know what you're talking about we we it was like Krampus related or something. Yeah, it was like vote for Krampus. But anyway, there's they're much more um, well composed. There's still I still see the um, five finger thing and people without thumbs, <laughs> but the uh, like five fingers with no thumbs is what I mean. So six six digits total, I guess. Um, six digits less a thumb. <laughs> they also have, I I guess there's there's some. Um, Way you can embed inside an image using, um, in the noise spectrum of it, uh, a unique identifier. Maybe that's going to identify uh, uh, the creator, the original prompter of the image. And I've seen speculation that some of these um, image synthesis engines have started to do that, but I haven't seen any proof, basically, which would come from analyzing the, the Fourier spectrum uh, of, the, uh, of the images but uh, that's on my uh, my radar, I guess. I want to. I'm gonna get some of these and actually start looking, uh, see if there's any pattern that I can determine. Because uh, that, that that's a good thing, idea. That is in my wheelhouse, actually. So that is some uh, something I can contribute to the world. <laughs> um, 
the Bing Image Creator is the name of the product I was trying to think of. Let's see. Um, yeah, the article is Ars Technica. I guess I'll post it in the chat just for people to uh, take a look at. I don't know uh, if it's worth Krungus! it. Krungus! Krungus! That was it. The Krungus That Among was us. it, yes. Yes. That was episode 119, Jason and the Arthropods. Yeah, wow. That's good. Good pull. Man, I don't have a lot of time here. Is there any critical stuff we have to cover? I I, I feel really bad that I can't do a proper episode with you. Um, Not really, but I, I want to bring up this. I want to bring up this thing uh, where I was saying worshipping a, a fungi. Yes. So, parent, so apparently, okay, let's go back to 1948, right? Dead Sea Scrolls show up in some caves. And so this uh, this scholar from Britain, he he started uh, translating them and researching them. Yes. And then, like, he, he spent decades doing this, and then, then in the late 60s, this guy determined that all this stuff about Jesus was, uh, was code word for magic mushrooms, and that and that the early Christians were actually a bunch of shroom-chewing sex orgiasts and pretty much ruined his own career. <laughs> so this is some guy's uh, take on it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what year was this? Was this the 50s when it happened? No, uh, late 60s. Late In fact, 60s. there was a... There was a New York Times article from September 1970 uh, about this guy. Okay. Yeah, it's so I just I put in the chat a link to it. It's going to be in the show notes, of course. But yeah, this uh, this guy thought that uh, thought that Jesus as as from the Dead Sea Scrolls, and that Christianity itself is all about is all about. Uh, Amanita muscaria. Mm. This sounds it. It just really reeks of like the beat poet bullshit. Like someone. That, I just find it. I just find it really funny. And when you think about it, it adds a whole new element to eating the body of Christ. If you think about it, it just sounds like this is the kind of guy that uh, Jack Kerouac would hang out with. Maybe go on a road trip. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> or Timothy Leary. Or Timothy Leary. The sacred mushrooms. You know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, when they when they got those, they really cataloged it really well. They had every little fragment was given some kind of number based on what scroll or jar it was from. And uh, even the little segments that didn't have a full characters, you know, full glyphs on it. Uh, and now, they, the, the work they put into cataloging and organizing it is beyond what they do at some at some archaeological sites today. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's they did a great job with that. It's it's just what came later, right? Mm. Out of it, they they did find what was cool about it is they found um, some of the original books of the Bible with slight differences, um, and they also found uh, I can't remember if it was uh, Psalms. I think there were some Psalms that weren't in the Bible that were or weren't in any of the canonical uh hebrew texts but they were in the dead sea scrolls like right next well, to the here, here's ones. the thing about those canonical hebrew texts they were established as canonical around the same time as various new testament books 
Like the the organi the organized the organization of of Hebrew religious texts uh, dates between like the second century BC through the second century AD, right? So they were in the process of being organized at the same time that that Christianity was just this weird Hebrew cult that was going around and trashing the temple every so often. Hmm. Changing, uh, get those money changers tables flipped. Yeah. Fucking money changers. Yeah. Didn't you know you could just use a visa or Bitcoin? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, I don't think, like I said, the guy pretty much ruined his career uh, by publishing The Sacred Mu Mushroom and the Cross, and later on, The Dead Sea Scrolls and the Christian Myth. And because, I mean, I mean, even the, even the people who are like, who think like Christianity is the most fake thing? Don't go to the point of like, yeah, this was actually this was actually a secret sex cult of druggies. Okay, right? so I just want to put this out there: the sacred mushroom in the cross sounds like a great D and D setting. No, it sound it sounds like a great uh, progressive rock album. <laughs> sacred mushroom in the cross. All right. Servo actually put a link to the book in the chat. Oh, boy. I read it. See, Brooklyn112 says I read it. <laughs> All right. I've got to get going. I've got to get down and uh, help move a bunch of boxes around. I have to pull my car around. So, All righty. Uh, sorry, it's a really short show, guys, but i got to close it up. I'm, I just didn't want to miss this one, too. So we'll be back with a just normal Just let's make show. sure we do get a good long episode next week because I've got to take us out to space. Yes, and I, new policy. Every time I'm on the road, I want to back up in the can, just in case. But yeah, we got we to gotta do that at some point. Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. All right. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. Would you lay down, honey, and Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?